Welcome back to the show, everyone. Craig here. Jonah may be uh, joining us in a minute, but for the moment, it's just me and Angela. Angela is a uh, guest. Uh, happy to interview. I, I think I found you on Facebook, uh, but you're you spend your life on TikTok, which I love as well. So, uh, however, our paths cross, and I was very happy to have you on the show. So. Uh, Angela, why don't you go ahead and introduce us? Tell us what what you want to what you want to tell us about yourself and your kind of your business, your niche, and then we'll start talking. Sure. If you don't know me, hi, I'm Angela, the Christian sex expert. I talk all about sex and intimacy in Christian marriage. Um, you don't have to be a Christian to follow me, and I have a lot of, in fact, a lot of my followers are what they would term themselves exvangelicals, um, because. They appreciate the perspective that I am bringing of healthy sexuality from a faith-based perspective. Um, you did mention TikTok. TikTok is my largest platform, but I am on most of the social platforms. So you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, TikTok is the biggest. And um, yeah. I talk about healthy sex, intimacy, and how we can have better sex and intimacy in marriage. In our perspective is we're just like we're Catholic guys and you're Christian guys, and like I don't make these rules. Like I, I'm not here. I'm not even here defending this stuff. I'm just I'm I'm living within this this framework of what I believe and want to believe and trying to make the best of it and, and reconcile what we believe as Catholics with what I know my body, I'm, I'm trying to understand my body and what it's telling me and I understand my wife's body. And if, if, if we're up to me, I would never impose myself on my wife. And I don't do that anyway, but when there's a moral implication, it's that I don't know how to factor that in because I, I want to, I want to enjoy heaven with with our Lord as well, and this is just a major, major uh, moral issue for 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 us as Catholics, and I guess for evangelicals too. Maybe more so for us as Catholics because we just have this concept of mortal sin, and so it's a it's a matter of trying to like make all these pieces fit together in a way that I don't. I don't know that I have the answers, but I'm just telling you there's a real struggle there. And I totally get your perspective yeah. as far as how a wife could feel trapped, or a husband, I guess, if the wife wants yeah. sex more often. But um, I totally understand that, and I guess, you know, that wasn't an issue in our house. At least. I, mean, I still for, get turned down. For a long, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, you know, that happens. For a long time, I purposely did not burden my wife with this, and she had no idea that it was... that. It, you know, it was something I just really felt miserable about a lot. Turn and we were enforced in a situation where we had to talk about it. And you know, I I don't know if I was better off when I was just sort of suffering alone and not trying to burden her with this versus now where we have a much better understanding of each other. And I mean, I think we're happier now. I think she's happier now. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just telling you from my own experience, this is what it, what it's like. And I mean, I think that communication is important, but, uh, you know, you, you can, like she said, you can see how it can really go awry. Absolutely. I mean, that, absolutely. And I want to make clear, like, I'm in no way condemning anybody with, like, I am simply pointing out the ethical issues that I see in my work. 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we, the, around the language that we use, the concepts, when we frame concepts in certain ways, it raises this ethical issue versus framing it in another way, things like that. You know, those are things that you need to be in communication about and um, clear about. One thing that I would say, too, is that I think intimacy is a need for a marriage as far as making it run smoothly. Um, you know, it's kind of the way that money is a need in life. You don't really need money, but it's really nice. And I think it's let me on a similar you, level. Let yeah. me ask you, when you say intimacy, are you using intimacy as a euphemism for sex or do you truly mean intimacy? Well, I mean, any form, especially any form of it, for sure. I mean, okay. sure, you have the sexual aspect, but I mean, I would really, I really appreciate like a smile when you come from work or a hug and a kiss and that sort of thing. I mean, all that. It's all important. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we were using the same vocabulary because I 100% agree with you that intimacy is imperative for a marriage. The thing is, the thing that most people don't understand is there's actually 12 different types of intimacy that we can experience in marriage. And so many people say, well, intimacy is necessary for marriage. And they really just mean sex. And I'm like, yes, intimacy is imperative for marriage, but there's 11 other kinds that you can be experiencing. I, I don't disagree with that. Although to the extent we get back to this concept about, you know, the man's three to four day thing, all that other stuff is great, but it doesn't, doesn't address that i don't even want to use the word need but whatever whatever we call that <laughs> that yearning or whatever that that, that that men have that all other stuff doesn't address that particular issue doesn't fulfill that issue that that particular Not to, to a certain degree like i mean sometimes it makes it worse <laughs> well sometimes it does make that you know yeah. like just yeah the pmas worse but it's still good though. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's all a struggle for for men and women. I don't know. I I would I would think it would be an interesting experiment if you really did a deep dive on the other forms of intimacy. We're very intentional about it and kind of tracked you know like what happens when we focus on the other intimacies um, what if you list them be... yeah if you could list them it'd be great yeah absolutely let me pull up that because my adhd brain only keeps about seven <laughs> of them at the forefront that's and more I than i could dig for the <laughs> other ones so let's i think that's the... According to psychology, that's the average number of things people can remember. So you're right on track. Yeah. Yeah. But this is also literally my job. So <laughs> I should be able to rattle them off the tip of my tongue, but can I ever? No. So, all right, we've got our list here. All right. So we've got aesthetic, commitment, communication, conflict, creative, crisis, emotional, intellectual, recreational sexual spiritual and work i can't claim i can't say i remember everything you just said but uh I, was there one that stuck out that you're like i don't know what that means i don't think so i mean i think i think 
Yeah, I mean, basically, it means that you should do most everything, not everything together, but you should be willing to share in all aspects of your spouse's life. Let me let me give you this example, just so you don't get the wrong picture about me. So, like right now, I'm on the no-fly list. Okay, so we're we're uh, we're in natural family planning. We're 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 cycles are coming back and uh i could be in the no-fly list for a long time yet for us catholics that that doesn't mean no intimacy but you you better not get you can't have sex you mm-hmm. may not be able to do much of anything that get that is real sexual in nature back rubs and light kissing may yeah. be the most yeah. physical intimacy you can have yeah we, i we, am i am familiar yeah. with the catholic stance yeah. on Onan yeah. and spilling seeds so yeah i don't get us started about that. We, but <laughs> you know, so like now, despite all that, like we have re I've really enjoyed the last few days and we've been affectionate in ways that we normally aren't. Um, and so I, I, I do respect and, and appreciate that, that type of intimacy. Um, but it is, uh, it doesn't necessarily, and I think it's good for our marriage. I think this is good for our marriage, but I was up two hours in the middle of the night the other night that like that doesn't go away. And, um, and I don't, I don't know how to make that go away either. Yeah, like the, the sleep thing just, just yeah, to, is bothersome. The brandy bottle is the yeah. only thing that helps me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to do that, but so anyways, go ahead. I'm not sure if there was a question. <laughs> There wasn't. I was just trying okay. to like humanize myself a little bit. I'm not a. I'm not. I don't think I'm a male chauvinist or anything like that. I I love my wife. I love intimacy. I uh, don't think that I think uh, you're a male chauvinist. That is not at all. No, I. You know, I think it just gets. You know, it doesn't. You know, and every religion has their own thoughts on this, but it's just it's difficult to try to walk this path at yeah. times it's really all that it is and you just i don't know that's right i always thought that communication was the key but i'm really questioning that now because i can see all that how it can go awry like i i can see how it can go bad or somebody would feel trapped like mm-hmm. and that's something that nobody wants either i work with a lot of wives who have experienced what is called marital coercion and in the evangelical church one of the worst abuses that I see is husbands telling their wives, you can't deprive me. The Bible says you can't deprive me. And a wife feels trapped by her faith and believes that um, the Bible tells her that she must allow her body to be used for someone else's sexual pleasure. And there are women who have become in, impotent because of that belief system being pe- perpetrated upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of a big part of what I do is helping women in particular understand that that is never God's design for marriage. Mm-hmm. God's design for sexual intimacy in marriage is found in Song of Solomon. 
And nowhere in the Song of Solomon does the Shulamite ha woman have sex that she does not consent to. And further, that's not when people use that verse, that's not actually like they're taking it completely out of its historical context and trying to apply it to a modern concept. And that doesn't work. Um, and so that's just one of the big pieces of my work is getting people to think about the language that they're using and mm -hmm. how they are framing these conversations with their spouses. Mm -hmm. uh, people get really angry at me because they're, they say, well, you know, you're, you're just saying that the husbands and wives shouldn't have sex. Not at all. My mm -hmm. literal tagline is go have good sex. Mm -hmm. I have an entire Patreon with hundreds of videos devoted to teaching couples mm -hmm. sexual acts in Christian, a Christian framework, a nudity-free environment. I, I, I have all of the props and things to teach men and women the proper anatomical terms and locations and ways to please each other. So I want people to be having good sex, but good sex does not come from a place of obligation. It Absolutely. I'm really fascinated by that because I cannot relate at all. Like this, this idea that the marital debt, which even if I believed it, I, I don't think I would be like, like, I don't, I'm surprised that there are guys that, that want their wives to do it out of obligation. No, that's really messed up. Like that, I can't. <laughs> I can't relate to that. Like I, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I want my wife to want, want me. Like I want her to want it and to enjoy it. Like I, that the idea that you would that wouldn't be your goal is just completely foreign to me. I'm it, Well, and so if you look at purity culture that taught boys your wife will be there to fulfill your every desire yeah that's messed up they, yep. you know, now they're entering marriage with a sense of um her body is owed to him mm -hmm. so it, it's not surprising but it's heartbreaking yeah i believe it um so do you get a lot of pushback then on your tiktok platform from the purity culture I make people mad every day. There probably aren't a lot of purity culture people on TikTok, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't oh, know. Oh, there are. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, so the other day I posted a video where I, um, it said like, oh, the, you know, the Bible, here's what the Bible says about oral sex. And here, you know, the Bible says that, um, you can't, your, you, your wife, is not obligated to have sex with you and all of these things. And um, I had that video has over a hundred comments because one woman was so angry at me um, because or didn't she like um, that? I, the song of, because I said that the song of Solomon depicts oral sex. I, I we've talked about that. I agree. <laughs> it's not, that isn't something that we discuss in Catholic circles, but uh, I, think that that is a fair interpretation of that verse at least there's two there's actually two sections right yeah there's two verses that would talk about oral sex um so we look at there's one about tasting the fruit i believe right yep and... so yes 
Did I actually? Yeah. So See? it's Song of Solomon 2, 3 and 4, 16. I know the Bible too. Well, he's got, yeah, you've got your favorite verses. I then see. Got, I think the wind blowing from the south or something. I, I there's another one. Yeah, oh, we yeah. Catholics don't know much about the Bible, but don't have got the oral sex ones nailed. <laughs> I just had a question then about what kind of communication should occur. Let, let's just say that the husband would like more frequent intimacy than the wife does, even vice versa. But like, how should that, what would that communication look like to make sure that, you know, like you said, there's no traps as far as somebody feeling obligated. Like, what does that look like? Starting from a place of curiosity is always going to be the place to start. And I think we all know how we can manipulate with questions. So making sure that you're not manipulating with questions, but saying things like, you know, I've noticed that you aren't as interested as much as you were a few years ago. Why do you think that might be? And then being willing to really listen to that answer, even if you don't like it. Because I find a lot of couples will start from a place of curiosity, but then enter a space of offense as in the answer is somehow blaming them for something when it's really just the spouse trying to answer the question from their perspective. I know from, for me personally, I went many years with things that I really want to talk about, but I was afraid to get a, a less than sensitive response, I guess. Um, you know, it seems to me like a lot of times, you know, one spouse feels some hurt or wants to do something, but is, I think, is a, and they're out looking at your TikTok videos or whatever, but the other spouse is not. That's not on the radar. Maybe they don't think there's anything wrong or it's just not a priority for them. And so it seems that, and so like, one spouse is actively interested in making things better or bringing things up, but there's this fear because the other spouse in most, seems like in most situations is not even on, it's not even on the radar is not going to be prepared for that and is may react negatively. So that seems to be the challenge is how do you prep the other side to receive this in a way that is not going to be, you know, volatile or whatever. Um, so there's a couple things. One is to remember that you cannot control how they're going to react. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be responsible for the way in which you approach it mm -hmm. to make sure that you are approaching it in the healthiest way that you can, but they may still have a bad reaction mm -hmm. and that has to be okay. Yeah, They have to be allowed the space to experience their feelings. And if that happens, then you work through it. You know, then you've got, you're having a really big reaction and my intent was never to hurt you. Can we talk about why you feel so intensely about this? Um, and something else that I suggest to basically all of my clients is to use a sex journal. 
Um, now, obviously, a sex journal would come into play after you have opened the door to the discussion. And I do find a lot of my couples initiate great conversations based on sending my TikToks to their spouse. Um, but the way that a sex journal works is you buy a pretty journal and this is going to be the place where you guys can write your most intimate thoughts without judgment from your spouse, no matter what you write. Um, your spouse can respond with curiosity, but never a place of judgment. And um, this works particularly well if you are concerned about seeing that look of anger or disappointment or you on your spouse's face, because you are going to write down everything that you're thinking and feeling, the things that you want to communicate, the questions that you have, and then you are going to give your spouse a few days to read it and sit with their feelings and then be able to respond in a measured way to you. So when you do that, do you recommend that they get it and then tell their spouse this is what it is? Or do you just tell them, just get it, start writing and wait no, for the spouse to, to be like, why are you doing this? What's that? What is that? <laughs> you really need to establish, you know, like I have a ton of videos on my TikTok that explain what a sex journal is, how to use it, things like that. Um, so, you know, listeners could pull one of those up show it to their spouse and say, you know, hey, I think a sex journal would be a great idea for us to try out. What do you think? Um, but don't like definitely like um, for some couples, it would be okay to just start writing letters to each other. And in some couples, it might backfire if you don't have the conversation about it beforehand. And that's really going to be individualized to each couple. No, I think that's terrific advice and that's uh basically the level of communication that happened between my wife and i that changed our marriage i guess essentially and uh i could see you know we just talked but i can see how effective journaling like that would be i, I wish i wish a lot of things but i think one thing that would be most helpful would have been most helpful in our marriage is early on someone would have told me by the way this is how you productively fight about things or productively discuss difficult things and because for a long time I was so afraid of the negative reaction that I just would not bring up something that I thought was going to to cause a negative reaction that's my I mean I don't know if it's my fault I just didn't know any better um and that is and, what we call childhood drama a lot good. of us fine I'll blame that. I, a lot of us have experienced across cultures. My parents never fought. Yeah, that. yeah. That that's that was the that was the major major mistake that that I don't know mistake, but that was one thing that really held our marriage back for a lot of years. That really just in the last year we've been married over twenty years, and and part of it was about this subject because we were kind of forced to talk about it, but it has enabled us to expand and, and talk about those things but i know i did i just know for myself i was so afraid of getting into a fight about something that i just i just steered a clear conflict i did not talk about these things and in part i mean i didn't want to burden my wife with that i mean <laughs> we already have a lot of kids and so i wish i wish there was more 
education either before marriage or shortly after because that is the major thing that that spouses i think aren't prepared for is to how to approach your spouse about something that's going to be sensitive and more importantly how to receive something from your spouse and tr- like you said try to receive it without being angry even if it feels like this is an attack on you yeah i mean a journal like that could be valuable for other areas of marriage too I and mean, that's that's yeah. a great idea actually I really like to explore the sex journal as far as a couple's sexuality goes, but it is an incredibly versatile tool for many areas of marriage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's great. So, um, okay. Well, hey, what else? So what else are you itching to talk about? I know I had you make some notes and stuff. I want to give you a chance to cover things that we haven't necessarily wandered into already i totally up to you guys i i am here to answer whatever you all would like to talk about all right well let me let me pose this listener question (laughs) (laughs) so there may be wives out there that are very comfortable with sort of the traditional idea of sex but feel very uncomfortable uh wading into things whether it's oral or some of the other tools on the playground and let's let's treat them as accessory items to the slide what which which piece of equipment is is intercourse i forget which one you use so when we talk about sex is supposed to be the playground of marriage right okay and so we When we think of sex as the playground of marriage, it it sort of redefines how we can look at our bedroom experience, right? Because when we think of sex as just penetration, just P and B, now you're, you're going to a playground and you're just hopping on the slide and slides are fantastic. But if you ride the same slide 30 times in a row, it gets old. And now, like, maybe you want to visit the teeter-totters or the zip line or the swings. And so when we look at other things that we can do in our playground, we start to experience new and exciting and interesting things with our spouse and really get to explore ourselves and who we are as a couple. Um, So I know that you said that, you know, that there's wives who are very much, you know, lights off under the covers, missionary only, but (laughs) (laughs) statistically, (laughs) look, I just say all the words, all of the words will just come out of my mouth. Okay. Statistically, we know that women are more likely to be the ones that say, hey, I want to spice things up in the bedroom. And so um, there's that stereotype, but statistics tell us otherwise. And so it's really up to the couple to decide what they may want to try first. Um, To that end, I offer a couple of different options. Um, The first one would be my marriage play date. So my marriage play date is billed as a date night experience designed to help you go deeper in your sexual intimacy with your spouse. 
It's a list of over 500 activities that you can do with your spouse in the bedroom. And the way that it works is you print two copies, one for you, one for your spouse. You go through, you give everything a rating on a scale from, mm, I'm not really interested in that, to, I think this is delightful. We should do it all the time. Let's go do it right now. And the beauty of the marriage play date is everything's fully defined. You are never going to wind up on some terrifying corner of Google trying to figure out what the activity is. And the fact that it has over 500 activities means that even if you are coming from a Catholic faith background of, you know, not spilling seed, needing to finish in your wife, with over 500 activities, there's still plenty of options. Well, you can start with anything. Time to finish where you are supposed yep. to be finishing. Yep. Hmm. Boy, 500. I can you give, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm curious. We'd be asleep before we got to the end of the list. <laughs> Where do they find it? Um, that's available on my website, thechristiansexpert.com. Um, the other thing that I have as far as couples who are wanting to start having those conversations would be my Patreon. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Patreon, it's a private paid social site um, where I, so creators can post whatever they want. Mm -hmm. I post videos. I post two new videos every single week. It's a fee of $5 a month. Um, you can buy a year's subscription. You can do one month for five bucks. And if you hate me, you're out five bucks. Um, and you can cancel, you know, anytime. But in my Patreon, I provide detailed information on how to do these things that may be covered in the marriage play date. I have a video for wives on how to give an amazing blowjob. I have a current series where I'm discussing all different kinds of furniture that you may want to purchase to enhance your sex life. Um, I have videos on different positions that you can do. Uh, role plays. I do toy explanations and reviews. Like I have um, a two-part series on an introduction to vibrators where I go through the list of different vibrators that you may encounter in your research and what they're good for. Are they beginner friendly? Do you need to wait till you're an advanced vibrator user to use it? Sorts of things like that. Everything is always 100% nudity free and it's all coming from a Christian worldview. Make a Catholic aisle and we'll send all our viewers over there. <laughs> ah, maybe the furniture would make a great Christmas gift, you know, for your, for your spouse. I, I mean, um, next week we'll be releasing my holiday gift guide, where oh! I give you all kinds of spicy gift ideas. All right, all right, I'm gonna go sign up. We have a Patreon too, but we can't even get people that want to take on the free content, much less pay for it yet. <laughs> eventually, eventually. I mean, you need to put out videos on how to give good blowjobs and what makes a good sex swing. We just complain about the story of Onan and stuff, and there just isn't a huge market for that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a, it's a small exclusive club. Yeah, I mean, then I think about like if we had a swing like that in our bedroom, what the you know the kids would think when they walked in there. You know? <laughs> so, I actually did 
three or four different, three for sure, maybe four different videos on different styles of swings. Um, ones that function as um, <clears throat> swings that you could hang in your living room and then no one would be the wiser. Swings that you can put up and take down so they hide in your closet and nobody ever sees it. There's lots of options. Huh. I'm interested. All right. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go check it out. Hey, so let me pay <laughs> Well, we will do that. Uh, so let me paint this scenario for you just to add, not to overcast, you know, but, you know, for, for a lot of us, you know, we're teaming with kids. I've, you know, not everyone has nine kids like us, but most of us have more than one or two. And so the biggest obstacle to intimacy is other than just the rules of NFP is just you got toddlers down and they may not be down for a real long time. And sometimes the toddlers are not far away. And, you know, I would be real curious as to suggestions you have for moms and dads that want this but but maybe hanging swings in the room is a, a not real practical until the babies are gone i don't know so is the question specifically about swings or is it how do we have sex with small kids in the house the, the, the latter <laughs> <laughs> okay like the best i'm not way, opposed to the swings but the, the best way to make it the best experience <laughs> in like you know a limited amount of time yeah. or a window or an uncertain window i guess the ticking time bomb nearby. <laughs> so we co-slept with our son for mm. five, six years. Mm -hmm. I nursed him for five and a half years. Mm. Um, in fact, I just posted a TikTok the other day telling the story of the time that we set him up with a snack and a movie and we snuck off to our bedroom. And all of a sudden we hear, daddy, why you make mama cry? I saw that. That was great. He <laughs> um, was very indignant. Um, and so <laughs> the, the thing is, it's a season, right? It's a season and it's an infuriating season. My son, from the moment he was born, had a radar. He was the ultimate cock block because that radar <laughs> was spot on every time. And the thing that got us through was getting a little creative, you know, you know, a babysitter or, you know, could we drop him somewhere? And rather than going out to dinner, we go home and have sex. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, can't, are your older kids big enough that you can literally pay them money to keep the littles in the yard for 45 minutes? Maybe that, you know, I say frequently that we invest in the things that are important to us. So maybe you need to financially invest in paying the bigs to keep the littles occupied. And, you know, they, they you've got nine kids. They know what the bigs know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> I propose that uh, one of the spouses to our marriage is just uncomfortable with the idea that the bigs know when mom and dad are doing it, even though they know it happens just don't want to know when it's happening and so uh dolores and i were talking about the other day too for us like you know eventually they're going to know what's going on yeah. and we both agreed that it's probably better for them to think that their parents are yeah. 
you know, doing that than like showing a cold sort of marriage, marital experience. I don't know. It is healthy. So the kids don't need to know specific yeah. details, but okay. it is healthy for children to know that their parents are having a, you know, that their parents have a loving marriage, that they are physical, mm-hmm. that we are showing physical affection in front of our children. Um, and it is a fine line and it may depend on the, the personality of the children. Um, but also there's not always going to be a lot of good answers. And so I think my biggest encouragement is always, this is a season, seasons end, seasons change. You will not be living in this season forever. Oh, I'm in a 20 year winter. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't disagree with you, but I've been uh, we've been we've been having kids for 20 years, and it's been a long season. So <laughs> I know, I know, our house is less than a thousand square feet, and our son's bed has no other option but to be on the shared wall with our bedroom. Oh gosh! So believe me, I am. <laughs> And, you know, especially considering my job and all of the things that I need to have for my job, whether or not we want those things for ourselves recreationally, I need things for my job. So keeping Mm. things hidden is a challenge in a less than thousand square foot house. So I get it. But sometimes it's just an acknowledgement of, you know what, we've got 20 minutes we can try, but we may get interrupted and an acceptance of we might get interrupted, but we're going to try anyway. And be able to laugh it off or not get hurt, hurt or whatever. Yep, exactly. So. Or as I posted the other day, maybe you're a pet parent and your (laughs) five-year-old puppy. um, So you send your kids to grandma's for the nights for the night and you think you're good until the five month old five pound dog lands on your face (laughs) (laughs) when so this this is this is really funny actually so when uh, dolores and i were first married uh our dog would all of a sudden start barking (laughs) (laughs) because he didn't know what was going on but it was (laughs) oh those dogs for those of you who are listening and not on video, I have my six-month-old, six-pound puppy in my arms because she's desperate for attention. Um, but, we, you know, we thought that she was contained in the front of the house, but it turns out she's so tiny that she can escape any sort of gate put in her way. She'll either go under it or through it or over it. She does not care. And we did not hear her running down the hallway until the moment she literally landed on my face. So that ta- that, uh, that takes uh, focus to <laughs> look. My yeah. then what are you gonna do with her? What are you gonna do with the dog? For nothing. Yeah. <laughs> House was empty. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're definitely not expecting that, I guess. Huh? Yeah. No. No, no um, she goes in the crate now. So, so, uh, what does your husband think about all this? Is he, is he think it's great? Is he, does he not tell any of his friends what, what you do? Oh no. He tells his friends. <laughs> 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 let, me, 
let me tell you what I my wife does. <laughs> um, I his friends would have found me anyway due to yeah. the nature of how algorithms work. Um, so my husband is a truck driver, and mm. if you know anything about truck drivers, they are worse gossips than your mm. grandma who lives in the retirement community in Florida. Um, and so my husband has a group chat of like six truckers that they all get on their phones while they're driving during the day. And it's literally like just six guys on their phones talking on a party line. Um, and my, yeah, my work has definitely been a hot topic of conversation there. Um, he thinks it's fantastic. You know, this is a business, but it's also ministry. And so mm -hmm. he is fully supportive of what I do. My wife is a little more mortified, but she's grown to tolerate what we do here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it is important. And, and we, we just think that because these are just common issues that people are just afraid to talk about, especially in our circles, I think that we just tried to, Jonah's got the good sense to stay off camera. I, I don't, but <laughs> there's a fine line. You want to be you know, you want to be transparent enough to be helpful, but you still got to run into people from time to time who may not be all that enthused by what you're talking about. Yes, my um, <laughs> my aunt came over for dinner last night and said, do you make any money off that TikTok thing that you do? <laughs> <laughs> yes, people pay did, me money to talk to me. Does she feel better? Works. Did you feel better knowing you're at least getting some money out of it then? Um, that is <laughs> unclear. Okay. <laughs> she was just curious. <laughs> I think it was more of a bemused kids these days sort of. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. it, but okay. Well, and it is really important work because there are a lot of marriages marriages that suffer from a lack of an intimate life, you know, and that really takes a toll on people. Yes. I, and I honestly, I get messages daily about how your videos have helped me so much, you know, like, and it's just people who are literally just watching like my TikTok or my Facebook. They aren't even accessing any of the kind of go deeper portion of what I do. It's just... You know, they watch videos and say, I literally had somebody today where I had um, posted a video and I said, you know, do you, are you just not interested in sex? When, think about the last time that you were excited to have sex. How did you feel in that moment? What in your life was different in that moment, the last time that you were excited to have sex? And this girl commented, I felt so alone and I'm crying because I feel so seen with this video. Mm -hmm. Um, so I get comments every day about how my work is so important to people and how it's helping their marriages. And so when I do get those hateful comments about how I'm, I have been called a heretic. I have been called um, the one of the favorite slur against me as a progressive Christian. Um, evangelicals <laughs> like to use that as like their pet slur. Now you're just a progressive Christian. Um you're not a real Christian. I get that one daily. Um, so I, you know, sometimes depending on the comment, I'll screenshot it so I can go back when I am deeply attacked and say, you know, nope, I'm helping marriages. This is, you know, we're seeing marriages transformed. That's what's important. What I find so remarkable is 
about this whole phenomenon is that for the most part, I think, you know, people still love each other and they want that. Like, it's not even so much that once one or both spouses hate each other, I mean, they love each other and they want that, but somehow just can't even figure out how to find each other back over time. Like that just happens. Yeah. You know, and like for us, it, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that, uh, like we had kind of just lost our way, I think, for a long, mm-hmm. for for a while, and then we just found it again through talking. That is so common. Um, so we've been married for twenty years, and I do find that a lot of times what I am seeing is couples in the roommate stage of marriage, where you know they're coexisting. There's no massive issues, but they don't understand where that sort of newlywed passion went. And they don't know how to find each other in the bedroom again. Um, So I am launching a course, hopefully by the end of the year, called Finding Your Fire. And it's a course designed to help those couples that are in the relationship where they love each other. It's a generally, you know, healthy marriage, but they just don't know how to ignite that spark of passion again. And so my course will walk them through how do we reignite that spark? When is that coming out? Hopefully by the end of the year. Well, remember, that's great. It's, remember, it's really. I am, I am a content creator and a homeschooling mom and housewife. So every time I'm like, it's going to be done next week. Some, you know, other crisis happens. And <laughs> my goal is the end of 2023 that releases. Check my website for updates on it. <laughs> And that's really important because the roommate stage of marriage isn't good. Like it's fine, but it's not what it could be. You know, there it's definitely lacking. It is. And I think people kind of catastrophize the roommate stage. Like, oh, my marriage is dying. It's on its last breath. We're just roommates. No, it's like you said, it's fine. It's a phase season. You know, we look at what the Bible says. The Bible says to everything, there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. And you guys didn't get the joke. Come on. What season? It's a song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) The Bible tells us to everything, there's a season. So logically, there's going to be a season of the roommate phase. And it's fine to want to get out of it, but you don't, it doesn't need to be a major crisis either. No, and it, and it can be revived. And I'm I'm like, it's, it can totally happen. And it it isn't even all that difficult really, other than you just, you have to want to. It does, it does take work. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, it doesn't just magically happen without effort, but it definitely is not, it's also not as difficult to get out of as people think. I would agree. I totally agree. I mean, I, it's, I don't know. Once you do it, once you get started, it's, you're like, why the heck are we do it sooner? But I don't know why it's so hard to like, just take that first step like that. That perplexes me that it's, that it's, <clears throat> that it's like that. But it's easier to trudge through it for decades versus just having uncomfortable talks and getting it over with. Well, and so that goes back to what you were saying about, you know, like I was afraid of the reaction. I was afraid of something potentially 
that could be con conflict. I was afraid of her reaction. You know, a lot of times it's fear holding people in place. It, it it's fear and also like I I know my wife has a hard job, a bunch of kids. Like it, it's also I like I don't want to further burden her life with my burdens. I think is sometimes part of it. Maybe that's a maybe that's a guy thing, but um, I try not to live too much on the regrets of how long we went. But you know, I kind of this kind this podcast kind of arose out of a almost a feeling of hopelessness and i was like this not that we had a bad marriage but it was it was deeply painful in many ways for me and i i was almost going to go war in the next generation because sometimes i wonder is 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 it even possible to live out this this marriage with a christian perspective and all these things because there are so many it, it's it's hard on the best of days and then you add in you know things that come up in these seasons it's it's not for the faint of heart and um i'm i'm very optimistic now but i was not very optimistic when we started this understandable so well uh hey so this course uh, we'll let you go here this course is that going to be available on on the patreon or is there do you have other content that people purchase or subscribe to um, so the course will be available through my website, thechristiansexpert.com. Um, and the only other like subscription that I offer is the Patreon, which mm -hmm. is $5 a month. And if you wind up hating me, you can cancel. <laughs> but I have many of my members have been with me from the beginning um, and just, you know, really love what I do and getting the opportunity. The videos are designed so that you can watch them with your spouse and talk about, um, you know, I liked this idea. I'm not sure that I like this idea. This is something I'd be willing to try. Um, you know, I definitely don't ever want to do that now that I know what that is. That's definitely a hard no, you know, and so the videos are meant for to inspire conversation and experimentation with your spouse. Well, we'll check it out. Yeah. And um, well, I'd like to have you on again sometime. This I've really enjoyed this 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 conversation. The hours really fly by, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's, it's been two hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> my puppy says, my bladder is tiny, mama. <laughs> but... So yes, I would be happy to come back again at some time. Yeah, I'll think of some interesting topics to discuss. Yeah, this is gives me a much better perspective on what you have, and and uh, I would like to to discuss more. Maybe we'll check out some of your content, and then maybe we'll do it again. Because I, um, I think most people would be willing to to pay for help if if they knew it existed, they knew it would help their marriage. Like I said, I don't mm -hmm. think it's for a lack of desire that people don't. I think they're just worried that it won't work. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That is something that I do here. Um, so I do offer private co coaching for private clients. Um, in fact, I have a client scheduled for after this podcast. Um, but that is honestly where what my biggest passion lies is because so many of my clients see an improvement in their sex 
lives and marriages after just one session. Um, because I come with, it's not just sort of, well, let's talk about how you're feeling. It's here are some very practical and accessible ways that you can make changes tonight mm -hmm. and start to see movement in a different direction, right? And I'm always, I feel like a lot of people think, um, you know, well, I want to talk to someone, but they're going to say things like, you know, you need to plan a vacation together, you know, and we're poor, we've got nine kids, you know, like, we're technically, you know, when I started the Christian Sexpert, we were a single income homeschooling family with a special needs kid. Um, we have had no money. We still don't have any money because I started the business at exactly the right time, inflation. Um, <laughs> and so I don't, I'm not coming at, at my clients with, you know, you need to go out and spend $500 in order to fix your marriage. It's a very, you know, like, free or you're investing, you know, one of my favorite things to suggest is like a blindfold. You can get those for eight bucks, you know, very practical, accessible things that see it, you see an impact immediately from. Well, and, and I think to a lot of people's imagination is limited because, you know, you venture onto, the, onto Google and start looking for some of these things, you're going to quickly get into places that most of us don't want to be. And so it's helpful to have that's true to, some to confidence like, that, yep. you know, we can look at this stuff and not going to be surprised by something necessarily or shocked. Maybe. That's exactly right. So exactly. That was one of the driving factors in starting the Christian Sexpert is people have all of these questions, but they're afraid to Google because they're going to mm -hmm. wind up on some terrifying corner and you know is the fbi gonna show up at my house if i google how to have yeah. better sex yeah 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 i wanted to create no. a space that was safe to ask any question about healthy sexuality and know that the answers were going to be coming from a biblical perspective and you weren't going to encounter something that you just didn't want to see right well, why don't you do this? Why don't you go ahead and uh, rattle off the different places that people can find you, and I'll make sure it gets included in the show notes and all that. Yeah, so you can find me uh, across all socials as The Christian Sexpert. And if you can't remember that, just go to my website, thechristiansexpert.com. Everything that we discussed during the episode is linked somewhere on my website. So you can get okay. to my Patreon from there. Um, you can find all of my socials via my website. And if you are interested in private coaching, there is a contact me form on the website as well. Awesome. We'll check right. it out. Thanks so much for the invitation, guys. Well, thank you. Thanks, Angela. We really enjoyed it. So um, appreciate your time. So thank mm -hmm. you, Angela. Thank you, Jonah. And until next time, everyone. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>